right, everybody, welcome to the first official episode of Learning the Tropes, the Daisy Sessions, where we are doing recaps, reviews of uh the Daisy Jones and the Six this season that is on Amazon. Um, I am your host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Aaron. How so are this you? Was good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about this. I know. Me too. I'm so happy that we're doing this. Are um so. We're going to do like a recap recap. We'll kind of go through it kind of scene by scene because I would, am just terrified that we're going to miss something. Yeah. But how many times have you seen this episode? I only watched it once. Okay, cool. I watched it twice. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do a two, like a rewatch it again. Um, and then I ended up not having time. So I just stuck with one this time. I think my thing is like when I watched it the first time, I was so like, nervous about it for some reason for like mm. no real reason but I was like like you know I, I'm somebody that like I always like movies and everything better on the second watch because I think the first time I watch it I'm too busy thinking about like what's going to happen next huh. that when I watch it for a second time and I'm like oh I don't have to worry I know what's going to happen next I can just pay attention to what's happening right now I always have like a better time with it so I needed to watch it two times but that's my own like messed up head interesting interesting yeah. I think that's why I'm obsessed with romance novels because I know how they're going to end. So I don't have to worry about how they're going to end. Oh yeah. That I can Mm -hmm. kind of pay attention to what's happening in the moment, Mm -hmm. but that's beside the point. All right. I'm the exact opposite. I'll just say, I never try to think ahead. I, (laughs) if a twist comes and I see it coming, that's pretty bad because it means that I like, I'm, I actively try to not, think about the twist or what's going to happen next I just want to be in the moment on the first yes. watch so that's so fascinating that you're the opposite I didn't know that existed I, know. <laughs> I can't get spoiled because it only helps me but also <laughs> can I just say my like biggest pet peeve mm-hmm. is when people watch a movie or read a book or anything and they're like oh, well I knew what the twist was going to be when this happened and so then it was like what was the point of watching it yes Yes. And I can I just say I fucking hate those people because it's like it's not about guessing the twist and then being the smartest person to watch this movie ever. It's like enjoy the ride of what happens. Mm -hmm. And I would when people watch movies like that, it makes me crazy movies books any media that you consume when people are like overly proud of themselves for guessing the twist. I'm always just like you're boring it's not about that how okay like but did you like the acting like the storytelling like stories aren't just told so you can like surprise somebody you know what I mean right yeah it's like oh do you want a badge you want a medal like good for you you guessed the twist yeah that's it shouldn't take your enjoyment away of anything it's it's very frustrating and the people who are like well it's not the twist that I wanted so I'm mad and it's like well well that's not the point oh either. <laughs> that is the one big problem uh, with like with people like overly obsessing about TV shows. Yeah. I say this having a podcast about a specific TV show. But when people try <laughs> to guess too much, like make up in their mind what the next episode is going to be. And then it's not that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm so mad that what I imagined was going to happen isn't what happened. It's like, okay, right. S- sorry that the writers weren't in your mind right. with your perspective but they did something else yeah and go with that train like go on that ride instead yeah anyway 
It bothers uh, that's me too. That's beside the point. It bothers me too. <laughs> but just, just to get to get a baseline of the kind of watchers we are, we we want to enjoy ourselves. Um, so I will the, say, you, okay. Go ahead. No, I was um, going to ask you like high level opinions, big picture thoughts before we kind of dive into the minutia of the episode. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we came out of the last episode and of the podcast and I was like I'm excited I'm not worried I'm not reading any spoilers I'm not doing anything and then I went on the web just like regular websites and I saw two headlines that I didn't try to see they just organically came across which I was very upset about but Mm -hmm. they were like not great headlines about the show I didn't read the article but I just saw the headline and I said I thought to myself oh no but I tried but I stayed positive didn't think of any like didn't didn't give them any credence just was like okay that's that person's opinion Uh um and then i watched the show and the first couple minutes i was like okay um (laughs) like not not worried still but just like uh okay and then by the end i was like yes so in so i i really liked it i had i got goosebumps i got chills at multiple points in the episode and my first review is a a enthusiastic thumbs up yes okay what about you so let's dive in well what about you oh i think it's very it's like similar where i was nervous i did read one bad review and i knew this person was just didn't get it Mm. like even having not watched the show i was like uh you, you you didn't want to get it you wanted to not like it and then you didn't like it so congratulations right you're not invited to parties very much and my <laughs> condolences but like <laughs> oh no i don't even know who this person was i don't really care yeah. but i think um but i well i think the first time i didn't enjoy it because i was just like uh i wanted to feel something and then i wasn't feeling what i wanted to feel so it was that anticipation thing on the first and watch. then when i watched it the first watch then i watched mm-hmm. the second time I was like no this is great the choices that they made like this the differences from the book yeah like, we'll get into those are, excited are to talk made about for those. really interesting reasons i think there's two that i am like full-on question mark like lady holding the wine glass confused like that meme but i think which which maybe we'll discuss it and we'll figure out why they happened but Mm -hmm. a a lot of the other ones i think are make sense um so the show opens with everybody sitting down to start an interview like a behind the music style which is what i always was like that's what it has to be like behind the music i would have even liked it more if we had seen like the opening credits to the documentary almost. Yeah. Like that the was... way the behind the music had that like janky, yeah. <laughs> it was like janky camera angles and stuff. Yeah. The blue tint. Yeah. That would, yeah, that would have been good. I, it's so funny that I, I love documentaries and I love faux documentaries and mockumentaries. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that that was what they were going to do. <laughs> I feel so dumb in retrospect. I'm like, of course, like, what is wrong with you, Taylor? But I was just like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to, like, get into everybody's memory? And it's like, oh, they're going to interview them like a documentary. And I was like, well, yeah, you dumb bitch. Like, of course, that's what they're going to (laughs) do. 
They're just going to have him say it. And I have to say, too, so this review that was, like, not very good was, like, oh, these people aren't aged enough. And I just want to say, like, they're disagree. supposed to be 100% disagree. Disagree. Like, these supposed to be in their mid-40s. Yeah. And I'm not in my mid-40s, but I can see it in the distance. And that's what people in your mid-40s look like. Thank like, you. Like, you want them to look like fucking grandmas Thank like have, have like widows humps Preach. or dowager humps and shit Preach. like they did such a good job of subtly aging them because also yes. these are rich people and we all know wealthy don't age wait that's such a good point because especially daisy she has aged the least and she would be yeah. the richest of them and she was the one who has not changed at all that's a really yeah. good little like subtly though yeah like, they change her hair a little bit she carries herself in a little bit of a different way like i can look at her and if you told me and i know obviously like riley keogh is not in her 40s but like in that scene i'm like yes this could be a woman yeah. in her 40s mm-hmm. and i thought especially what they do with graham i'm like that's what graham would look like now yeah with, like his curly hair would be like weirdly straight and he'd yeah. be trying to cover like a bald spot or something and like the color is so perfect and the only with one billy i was warren on the oh boat. i loved warren on a boat <laughs> Oh no, I love that he was on a boat, but I didn't. Oh buy yeah, him on a boat is perfect. Aid. I didn't buy. Oh, I thought so. I didn't. I think he still looked a little young. That one looked a little like. But he's they on did a, a boat. good job with him of like stretching his skin a little bit. Like it almost looks like he did get like weird plastic surgery at one stage. Right. I think it's just because like his lips are like a little bit like not the right shape that you're like yeah, yeah this looks like an older guy. I the trying the, to be the young. makeup the makeup and the hair and everything was good. I think it's just the actor looked a little young for me. Like fit, like well, yeah. he just couldn't. They couldn't do any enough to him. Mm-hmm. But no, like oh my gosh, and Sam Claflin. They do such a good job. They just aging. Did such like, a good job. It's just like a little lines, like really subtle. Watch will say all this, and then it'll come through. They'll be like, oh no, we didn't do any prosthetics on that moment. <laughs> like cool, cool, right? Sorry. Well, then we were just supposed he was carrying himself in that way, but like you could just see it on his face. And Camilla yes. too. They did such a good job of like that's how that woman would age. Yes, hers was fantastic. When I saw hers, right. I gasped at how good it was. I just loved it because you watch these shows. I mean, it's like How I Met Your Mother, where you watch the show and you're like, you're supposed to be maybe forty two, and you look seventy five. Yeah, like, it's not. It's just. Uh, that's not how people age you know you look at photos of your parents and when they were 40 they look very similar to when they were like 60 like it's just it's uh we're like similar to when they were in their 30s yeah you don't look that different no but i mean selma hayek is 56 and we all saw the tragedy that was mike magic mike's last dance oh but the fault of that movie don't okay (laughs) Salma Hayek looks fucking amazing, though. I just I mean, have to she say, she always does. Yes, and um, okay. So it's all of that. It's clips from the Soldier Field concert. I wish the cl- concert clips were more concert clips, or like we could hear the crowd or something. It was just, yeah. but fine. It didn't um, grab me as a super grabby intro. Yeah, like you know how the teaser is really supposed to hook you. It didn't totally hook me. Mm-hmm. Like I get, I don't. I think it's like you said, where the text comes on. It was like that. It was their last performance, and it's like, well, I would have liked to have seen 
a clip of them being the biggest band in the world to make the gravitas of what you just text like wrote on the screen really hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I wonder if you, somebody who hadn't read the books, if they would have like felt that the yeah. way that we've read the book, we know what it meant. And so it, it feels so much bigger. Um, and then the opening credits, Dancing Barefoot by Pat, the Patty Smith group. Great. Great. Choice. Um, loved the loved the clip images that they picked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, opening credits are great. Um, so here's a like a very small change, and I think, like, I think a lot about at adapting books and the big difference between a book and a TV show is like a book, everything can be internal to your character and for film or TV, everything needs to be external. Mm -hmm. And that's like a hard switch. Mm -hmm. And so we start with Daisy as a child, which she's like maybe eight, like, and her parents are having a party and her mother comes in and it's just like very cruel to her for no reason. Mm -hmm. And that was a separation from the book where like in the book, they just like don't notice her. It's right. like she, she's a ghost in their house. And so mm-hmm. I found it interesting to change it to like her mother being so in your face cruel to her. And, you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know uh, how I feel about it because I really liked the idea of her just trying to be noticed and doing these things for attention in the book mm-hmm. and taking that away from her. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like why would they do that? Yeah. And I think it's hard also just to have a character who like doesn't care about anything, you know, you need them to be, feel like they're pushing towards something. So I don't know. I found it a little bit strange and there's a few like deviations from Daisy in the book. And I'm not saying that they're wrong or anything, but it's like that it is like interesting to think about. Um, Cause then we jump to her as a teen. I love the scene of her taking her bra off as a callback <laughs> to the book. Like all you have to do to look older is take off your bra. And I'm like, true. Yep. yep. Um, and she goes to whiskey, a go, go and sees the birds perform, which I think was a great choice to see, to have them be playing that song. Did you wish that it was more of a moment? It's like you said, it, it's hard to externalize what the character is thinking, especially with Daisy and that those first moments where she's like, I want to be up on the stage. Like, I, I mean, you get it. You get the, I don't maybe it was the actress, the like the girl. I just didn't feel totally like this was exa- like this was where Daisy came to life like in the book it's just she's like I'm home I have found my place I have found my people and I've found where Mm -hmm. I need to be and it just didn't totally feel like that to me I just I wanted more of like a hallelujah moment like a hall I like literally (laughs) they give them like lights and everything but I just wanted a little bit more of like the of Daisy to relax like just kind of let her shoulders be like this is where I am you know Mm-hmm. I felt like I saw that, that she was feeling that kind of something had happened, her alone in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is interesting, not to skip ahead, but you don't see her like talk directly to anybody other than her mother until basically like have a real conversation until she meets Simone, which I yeah. like too. 
Um, and then we meet Billy in Pittsburgh. You always talk about with characters is like you want to introduce them and to know as much about them as early as possible. And I feel like immediately you learn that Billy is hot and Graham's a love struck <laughs> idiot. And I'm like, got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like Billy's the older uh brother who is just mm-hmm. gonna take control of the situation. <laughs> okay, that's the thing though that I kind of like when I first when they first did it, I mean it's skipping ahead a little bit the brothers band how it formed when that happened i was like no 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 i don't like (laughs) i don't like this and then i thought about it and i was like like really trying to understand why they would do this and i thought okay this i get it like i went back and read through the the book where it happens and i'm like I can see why they would do this it does give you a lot more insight into billy as a character um and Graham a little bit too and mm-hmm. so I was like I wasn't okay with it when it first happened and then I thought okay I can I can I can be okay with this yeah it ended up it's just basically three nerds and Billy is the band four nerds and Billy but they all and go to high school just, together they're all friends yeah. they're like oh we're gonna start a band and it's like the 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 friends start the band and Billy's not in the band at all. And then. But Billy's basically immediately. Well, no, because Graham, when he's talking to his friends on the track, he's like, I, I'm excited for this band. It's going to be my three best friends and my brother. Right. But Billy is not in the band at that point. Yeah. But I think Graham knows he will be in the band. Yeah. Because he says, Graham yeah. says, he's like, I knew my brother. I knew how to get him in the band. But. I liked in the book that it was like Graham and Billy, the thing that they were doing with their dad's guitars. And it was just mm-hmm. something that they were going to do. And then Warren was not even a friend. He was just a drummer who needed a band. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's a little cliche to be like four high school buddies start a band together, but it does. I think it's going to make it more emotional later. Yeah. And it is obviously quicker this way and it shows you who the type of character that Billy is the person who takes control Mm -hmm. because that's one of the running things through the book is just like it's Billy's band and so it is a more interesting dynamic to have it as the four friends start it and then Billy comes in it becomes Billy's Mm -hmm. band like that is a really interesting dynamic that could play that I'm like okay I'm okay I'm on board with this now (laughs) yeah 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 it's good. I like it. And so then we go to the first thing that I like have a real problem with. The um, hotel? Daisy. Yeah, Daisy in the hotel room. In So in the book, she writes about losing her virginity. And she basically is like, this guy wanted to blow lines together. So I went up to his room. We like ran the rails he said he that i was like his dream girl and so then i let basically like then we had sex i didn't really know what was going on i didn't really care that much i just Mm -hmm. like got out of my body during that moment and in the show it's very clearly rape yeah and that becomes the driving force for her because then later like her as an adult talking back she's like i hated how i felt in that moment that was what pushed me to really want to start doing my own thing or and all this stuff and i was just like 
no. <laughs> this cultural thing of women being sexually assaulted as a defining pivotal moment that drives as actually a good thing because it drives them forward is tired. We're fucking past that. Yes. I don't want to see it. Yes. And it'd be one thing, I think, if it was in the book and it's like, okay, well, you've got to be true to the book. And in the book, this is a driving force. In the book, the whole point is that she feels like a ghost. She doesn't feel like she exists in the world or she's seen. And I think there isn't a ton of representation for people being apathetic about losing their virginity as women, especially mm. where it's like, it's just kind of this thing that happened. I don't feel like great about it. I don't feel ashamed about it. It's just a thing. Right. Like, because I, I honestly, I feel like that's how I feel about losing my virginity too. Like, it's just something that happened. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just a thing. And I think it just really, I, I really hated it and I really hated it on the second watch too because I just don't feel like it was necessary. I don't feel like it informed the character and I feel like it detracted from both. Yep. Anyways, that's my like diatribe. What do you think? I feel the exact same way. Everything you mm -hmm. said, put yes. I <laughs> well said and it was, I mean, I'm going to be honest when I first saw the opening credits and I saw that it was written by two men and then directed by a man. I was like, yeah. don't know how I feel about that. I really love seeing women's names in the opening credits. Always and sport. that was kind of like, okay. Mm. Um, I went back and like read the, I, I really hated when she said afterwards, like exactly what you said, when Daisy says in the, her adult uh, documentary, that was that was when I decided to change. I was like, no, 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 no. I do not want that. That's not what the yeah. book is. In the book, she does say that her the beginning for her was bad. Like she uses mm -hmm. that those words. It was bad. Talking mm -hmm. about just like sex in general. Um, so like I guess you could read between the lines there of what happened mm -hmm. to her, but I just it didn't need to be this story. It, that's not what this is. Like, it's exactly what you said. She was a ghost. She wasn't being paid attention to. Nobody was looking at her. And to turn it into like, well, I'm going to use my trauma to further my career. That's not, that's not like a thing. And uh -huh. it's not, it's not from the book. It is not what this character it's not what I wanted the character to be doing. I really didn't like it either. <laughs> I was, it was upset. A, yeah. It was very upsetting. And I agree too. It's like, listen, this is such a female story. And, you know, in the intro, we talked about how important this book was us to like as women and representation of women. And so it's tough when you see all men telling a very female story. It's mm -hmm. not great. Yeah. I just like reading the book. It was so exciting that I honestly just like that wasn't a part of it it was she like daisy glazes over it and so the reader glazes over it and it's just like yeah this is what i had to go through like this is what women went through and like it sucked but like we're moving on and i wanted the show to do that i wanted it to be like no i'm i'm the somebody not because of you know a rape or a sexual trauma but because of the way that men treat me as a person in general. in general. Yes. Yeah. And that kind of gets shown in other parts of the show that you don't need 
this. It wasn't and necessary. I think, no. Mm-hmm. And and I think so much of Daisy too is like she was living this wild life. She was trying to get seen. Men would only see her for as much as they could take from her, her creativity or her spirit or her stories or her sexuality. And she, the choice was, I'm not going to let them take my words from me, which is the thing that's most important to me. Mm -hmm. And that was the driving force. You, you took that from her and, and having this be the thing that's her driving force. And fuck that, man. I don't like it. I mean, I like a lot about this show. This ain't it. And this was a real misstep for me that I thought was like kind of upsetting. Yes. Agreed. 100%. Any more to say? <laughs> this bummer of a moment. No, I just like, uh, I mean, when she says I wasn't naive, I was a baby. Uh, it was just. Uh, that breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. And I understood maybe like where they were trying to go. Like in the book, she says, you know, I wasn't naive. But I just, I really didn't like it. I didn't want this to be the driving force behind her character. I didn't want this to be why she started writing. I d- yeah. Mm. It I was know. painful. <laughs> it was upsetting. And this yeah. is also the thing that I think it's like women writing men. It's, I think it's such a bigger discussion that like, maybe this isn't the time to have it either, but it's like, you know, men thinking that women's driving force for everything has to do with sex or sexuality. And it Mm -hmm. just, sometimes it does. And like, listen, I don't want to mitigate anybody's experience or how anybody views their own life or, or specific experiences that they've had. Obviously like that's your own, but I'm saying like, this is a trope that we can retire. Yeah. And I don't think is like as common as you see it in media. And not to say it doesn't exist, obviously. I don't want to invalidate anybody's personal experience, but I right. think it's like it's unnecessary. It's a change from the book. And it's also it just they don't get the things that actually would push a woman forward mm-hmm. in the same way. But, mm-hmm. you know, here we are. Here we are. Yep. <sighs> Let's talk about something. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, so the next scene is like the Dunn brothers. We see them playing like the Pittsburgh circuit, which I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with them always wearing the same outfit. They all wear white turtlenecks or they all wear suits. And oh, I'm yeah. in love with every single one of them. They're adorable. They're so much fun Can to I watch. Just say Sam Claflin is so attractive. <laughs> it is genuinely upsetting like i didn't think he could get hotter than the hunger games catching fire but like Mm -hmm. this is up there my goodness the 70s was when men were at their hottest i don't know if i would agree with that but after seeing sam claflin in the 70s vibe era i can get on board with that statement I mean, prove me wrong, but, like, (laughs) they were at their hottest. Like, just the men's clothes in the 70s was ideal. Everything was, like, a little gender bendy in a way that was, like, pretty sexy. The hair was great. A hairy chest was in. Like, these are all things that, like, like masculine men with also, like, feminine touches. Like, just give me more. I'm in. (laughs) I got to say, 
Will Harrison, who plays Graham, I feel like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, I wanted Graham to be hotter. And then the second watch, I was like, Graham is plenty hot. His like curly Q hair is so 70s. Yeah, he grew on me. He grew on me as the episode went on. Yeah. For sure. Especially with. I also think it's like, who's hot in a band? Because even if you look at Mick Fleetwood, he's not hot, but he's hot because he's singing in a band <laughs> in a band here's the He's thing hot. there's something there's something about talented men and mm-hmm. especially on a stage under great lights it's just like there's something there when a person is really good at what they do it just ups their attractiveness yeah 100 percent um so this is when they see their father. I thought this was all done really well. And this is a good yeah. example of like external versus internal and why like in the show, he smashes the guitar in front of his father. Graham punches him in the book. It's all like internal, but and it they, was a change that was necessary. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I think um, it was pretty. I, uh, the The father's character was a lot more interesting to me mm-hmm. in the show like starting off pretending you don't know your own kid and then saying like yeah of course I know who you are I'd recognize that guitar anywhere I was like oh ice cold man ice cold that was brutal Ugh. and I that just- guy said I'm gonna have five lines in the show I'm gonna fucking make them memorable <laughs> I'm gonna he was like them. I I'm gonna destroy this man's entire being and and only work a day and a half he did it Killed it. Killed he did it. the thing. He did the no. thing. Signed his check. Send it off. Too sweet. Because like that, he earned his paycheck. He really did. Fantastic. Ugh. And it has was... anyone ever looked more like a deadbeat dad than that guy? No. Nailed it. He did so good. Bad suit. Whenever costumers put people in clothes that don't fit them or like perfectly rumpled in that way. Oscars. Well done, costume department. I mean, across the board, we haven't talked about the costumes yet, but nailed it. Yeah. I'm loving yeah. Daisy's outfits. Fantastic. Amazing. Riley Keough can wear anything, though. Like, phew, she looks I mean, oh, she's amazing. Gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Again, we've already talked about the casting of Riley Keough, but they really were like, we're, you're going to fall in love with Daisy. And mm-hmm. we said, okay, cool. <laughs> and then we did. We will. And we did. And now we will. Um, does Sam Cla- Sam Claflin sings in the wedding, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We've got to know him. Singing. They're singing covers. He sings a bunch. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that he sang. He's got a great voice. They, everybody has a great voice. I mean, we'll get to Riley in a second because yeah. I just want to devote like an hour to that. But like, I had to look up if that was him singing because he did a fantastic job. Yes. It sounded like a professional. The way that he eats that microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful, but you could tell he eats. You know what I mean? He eats. It was just like, I was watching the show and I was just thinking like, Aaron, we really like the man fucks. He is oh, yeah. so. Uh, like Billy Dunn. Yeah. I have a crush. Like I have a crush. Yes, it is so good <sighs> that the way that he assaults that microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you, this is why women love rock stars. If any, if there's one person who's curious, it's because we see that microphone and we know what that mouth can do, and we're yeah. excited about it's it. It's the two hands like cupping it, 
all mm-hmm. up on it, you know? Yeah. So good. The flowing. So good. It's the body movement around the microphone stand, stand too. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a rock star. He's a rock star. Yeah. Um, so we go back to Daisy aged up. So this is when we first see Riley as Davy as Daisy at the Clark Street Diner, where uh, we've that's what been. I was gonna say. We have been there together. When mm-hmm. I saw it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, Aaron, we were doing Daisy Jones and the Six show before we, we didn't did. even realize. Didn't even having realize. tuna melts. Ah, it was at la- my last stop before going to the airport. I said, Taylor, come see me." And it was the, great. Uh, the waitress was so nice. I had really long hair. She called me Rapunzel, gave me free coffee. Loved it. Do you remember that? I would, yeah, I went back to the Clark Street Diner and it was fantastic every time you go. Guys, go to the uh, Clark Street Diner if you're in LA. You're going to have really a good time. Great. It's really great. Um, And then Camilla and Billy meet. This is another change. So they meet in a laundromat. I got to say, nailed it. I was a fan. <laughs> Especially because the thing about Camilla and what makes Camilla such a phenomenal character is nobody does mind games, subtle mind games on her husband, boyfriend like Camilla. Camilla runs that man in a way you love to see. And I love because you see it play out. And then her in the 90s says basically like, oh, I knew who he was. Of course I knew who he was. was. And she like played it so cool. I was like, fuck, I love this bitch so much. When they open, when they like open with the washer machine and I see Camilla, I immediately, because I'm a purist and like, if you Mm -hmm. could just film a book, like that would be okay with me. I really don't, I'm not big on changing stuff from the book. And so I I just thought, oh, great. Like it's not in a hotel. It's not after he just played a show. She's not like, what is this? And then their chemistry and the writing and the acting, I was like, I am I love this. I the it was so cute. It was such a good mm-hmm. meet cute. I was a I was <sighs> electric between the two of them. It was fantastic. Yeah. And again And also, yeah. Sam's little like the way that he could play humble too, like humbled was fantastic. Oh yeah. So you saw exactly how that whole relationship is gonna play out. And I'm so the- excited for their relationship after that. Mm-hmm. Oh scene. yeah. And it's so like the woman who plays Camilla, who's also named Camilla or Camila, is so gorgeous that she's one of those women when you watch her on TV, you're like, why doesn't she just move to Hollywood and become a famous and become like an actress or a model? Because she's so gorgeous. You know, she is right. I don't know who is she. She is the girlfriend, the ex girlfriend of Leonardo DiCaprio, who just got let go. Because she turned 25. Oh, she's fine. She is fine. I've never seen... That's how I knew her. I was like, oh, it's... They dated for five years or something crazy. They just broke up, like, last year when she turned 25. So that was when the whole, like, round of memes started again, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But I've never seen her act in anything. And the first... Like, the first moment that she was on the camera and she just, like, delivered her lines as an actor does <laughs> when she was there acting when she did her job when she did the thing <laughs> that she was trained to do I was just like you're fantastic dump Leo mm-hmm. get rid of him act be an actor please you are so good 
So I'm glad she's that so she's good. I had no idea about that. I didn't know who yeah. she was. I was just like, this woman is unnaturally gorgeous, though. But also yes. like really like a good actress, but also has that like sweetness to her that Camilla has. That mm-hmm. like sharp sweet like you want to be best friends with Camilla. Camilla. Yeah. Like she just has it. I love also the costumers with Camilla's clothes all look handmade in the way that like people wore stuff like that in the 70s mm-hmm. like they just nailed it the dress that she wears when billy meets her parents is like i think my mother i have pictures of my mother in that dress basically from the 70s it's so good yeah um, i i think i mean i love camilla in the book and i am excited for her in the show i think like i think the acting and the writing is going to be good with her yeah yeah they nailed it they got what we're supposed to feel about Camila mm-hmm. um here's the other change that I'm not mad about I'm not mad I just have questions okay but it's that Chuck in Chuck? the book yes yeah in the book he gets drafted into Vietnam and dies yeah and in the show he goes to dental school <laughs> the and lie? that's just a big difference <laughs> Um, I have to say, I cackled at the line, they've got a good dental program. Oh, I cackled at the line when Billy was like, so you're going to go be a dentist <laughs> so what, now? you're going to go be a dentist? That was fantastic. <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, that's the plan, I guess. Um, yeah, I, uh, I get it, I guess. I just, no, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand I don't it. understand I don't like it. I don't like that change because it's such a time period sensitive detail from the book that maybe it doesn't affect them so much as characters or really affect the way that they think about stuff as you would think that it would. But it was just like, it's just a real detail that I I don't know why you would get rid of. And also it's just strange to like, because they talk about the draft in the book and I'm like, is it because you don't want the audience to be worried that like other people are going to get drafted or mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why it's just strange change for me. Or like you want a bit of comic relief and like going to Vietnam and dying is not particularly funny. Right. That's what going to dental school is only funny. It, Cause why would you go to dental school? Exactly. It changed so much from being the most serious part of the early portion of the book to mm-hmm. the funniest thing in the show. Yeah. And then it's, he's not in the show anymore. So technically there's only five of them. How are we going to rectify that? How are they going to be called the six? No, cause it's Karen no, but and... he's gone when they get back, when they get to L.A. No, it's Karen, Karen, and then the guy That's comes one person. Karen, <laughs> I know. It's Warren, Graham, Billy, Eddie, Karen. Five. Steve. Who? The drummer. Warren. That's Warren. Oh, Warren. Are you going to call him Steve? Chuck. It's Pete. Pete is the brother, but Pete's Pete. not in this. I think Pete comes. I think Pete and Karen joined together. See, this is why we needed to have read the book. No, no, I, I think... did. No, no, no. Pete. 
No, no, no. Because Pete is Eddie's brother. So Pete is in the beginning. So it's Billy and Graham in the beginning. And then Warren comes on as the drummer. And then Pete is the guitarist. And then he brings, when Chuck leaves, then they bring in Eddie. Oh. And there's five. They go out to LA and they meet Karen. They become the six. I think I read some, like, it was one of the, it was like a, a, a article or something header that was like, a uh, producer explains the missing band member. So I think that they just cut a band member out of the show completely. Oh. And they're going to have, but I'm like, how are they going to be called the six then? So I guess we'll see I'm in the sure next episode. Yeah. Um, But I didn't like it. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess going through these scene by scene, have we just gone through a lot of sad scenes and they needed a comic relief scene of Chuck going to dental school? No, because we just had Camilla and Billy meeting. I know. I don't know. Which, which is fun. Yeah. I don't know. Um, So then Daisy's in the shower. It's the write your own damn lyrics. It's them on the bed as opposed to, I think they were like, anyway, I thought that this, I love this. Having her sing and like not really be able to look her boyfriend in the eye or that guy, whoever he was, like loved that. This was chills moment number one for me mm-hmm. when she's singing sublime and she says she mm-hmm. sings the word sublime and her voice just does this like beautiful little I didn't have no musical talent. I don't know what it's called, but it just does like a little blah, 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 whatever. I got chills. The yeah. Woman can sing. The control over her voice. Mm-hmm. The emotion behind it. I was just oh my gosh. I got goosebumps. Yeah. That was phenomenal. I loved that scene. Him stealing the lyric from her. And then her in the future being like, he still says that he wrote it all himself. Yeah. I love it. I just like couldn't get over her voice. I was just, I was, because I hadn't heard her like sing at all. And I was just, I was Mm. floored. I sat up. I was Oh my goodness. <laughs> then I remember that she's Elvis's granddaughter and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I know, which is so funny. We're like, I wonder if she can sing. It's like, okay, well, her grandfather was one of the greatest singers. And her mom sang too. Like yeah. she comes from a, a very musical family. So Talent it's so is... weird to be like, oh, I wonder if this will work. Like, obviously. Talent is genetic. A hundred percent. Then Daisy and Simone meet. It's good. It's not at the level I want it to be. And it feels, Simone right now feels a little bit like a friend of and not like her own person, which is like, in the book, it feels like Simone has a lot going on. And here it's like, oh, she came in to just tell Daisy to pursue her dreams, which is like the difference between a book and a show. Like you don't have the real estate that you have in in a show. But I am looking forward to this like deepening and growing. Yeah. Um, I did like that it was still about Carol King. In the yeah. book, they they hear you've got a friend and they start crying and hugging each other, which is the cr- appropriate reaction. <laughs> and here I it's... Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think Simone will become more of a character. I mean, the actress is in the opening credits. Yeah. Um, but I didn't... I missed them living together in Laurel Canyon. I missed mm-hmm. them... Uh, I miss the part of like Daisy's childhood where she would go live with Simone and then her parents wouldn't know that she was gone. I missed their friendship and Simone 
being the one who I realized that Daisy was an amazing singer because she would sing in the bath. You know, I was the one. Mm-hmm. I missed that, like where she was the one that discovered Daisy. I wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like in a stay tuned kind of mind for that, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, pilot episode. Okay. Yeah. Room fine. to grow. I need there to be I need us to bring it a little harder with these scenes. Then the band sees Karen Karen for the first time. Um, Graham is immediately in love. Those puppy dog guys love it. What a dumb Fantastic. idiot. Fantastic. Just a love it so much and then i love in the in the stairs the the band who had just performed is coming down the stairs and then like the dunn brothers are going up the stairs the only audible thing you hear the other band say is just go burt reynolds and i'm like (laughs) why (laughs) were they just like name somebody from the 70s as you walk by and they're like burt reynolds (laughs) i heard that too i thought it was so funny i was like what is this Sure. I wonder if it was somebody something that an actor said on set or if it was like ADR post. They're like, like what's the oh, thing 70? Can somebody <laughs> just throw out some random 70s uh, celebrities? And they just had somebody like going through. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. They're like, Sunny and Cher, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> They're like, can you give us a couple takes of you saying Burt Reynolds, please? Yeah. Um. But I love that that the first like the first scene between Graham and Karen is just the two of them together, like alone talking. Okay, question. In that that scene, did you think that Suki Waterhouse was doing an American accent? No, she's British. In real life, yes. No, I thought Karen Karen, wasn't she like she had grown up everywhere? So she had like a weird way of speaking. I don't remember that detail but in that first scene where they're talking about like where to eat she sounds american like she didn't sound british and then they go to her later and she does the you know uh rod told me to wear short skirts and i told him to fuck off and she's british and i just wrote down i was like suki's accent what (laughs) (laughs) what is it (laughs) because i don't know i thought in the first scene i said oh oh, okay she's gonna like she's doing an american accent good for her and then nope it was gone (laughs) (laughs) no i guess maybe i'll have to rewatch that first scene to see if i just missed it but i really i didn't pick up on the british accent i don't think i noticed it either way but i liked that scene of just the two of them together i wanted it to be the karen karen introduction yeah like from the book it's like why not just have him not hear her or be like not paying attention was in the book? Is it Graham or is it Billy who oh, calls her Karen Billy. Karen for the first time? I think it might be Billy, and Billy technically hasn't met her yet. So, oh, there you go. Um, we know. also meet the <laughs> we meet Rod Reyes, and no actor has ever loved playing a part. I believe in my soul more than Tim Oliphant loves playing Rod Reyes because the joy like you look at him and you immediately start laughing and not because he's doing a bad job he looks ridiculous also that yes should be in the Smithsonian it's so good the the laugh cackle that erupted from my belly when I first saw him in the flashback or no not in yeah in the like in the 70s sitting at that table with that 
rug on his head. <laughs> I... It's but it's also like so that character, him talking to yeah. them after the show and just being yeah. like, lay off the solos. Da, 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 da. I'm just like loving it. Ever more him. I didn't I... know that Tim Oliphant was in the show. I'm obsessed with him. Love it. Perfection. No I... notes. No notes. Give him a spin-off. <laughs> I only knew when I was, uh, I, it was like a week ago, I had Googled the show just to be like, what, it was yeah. when we were talking about the scheduling and I was like, it cannot be three episodes of time. And then I saw that Timmy O was in it and I just said, hell yes, <laughs> I love him. And you're right. He absolutely ate, like he ate it up. And I think it's just, it's those moments where you can tell that an actor is like, this is why I'm doing, th this is why I act. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the character I've been waiting for. And I'm absolutely positive that he had notes on his costume and wardrobe and hair. Killed it. Amazing. No notes. He he looks like that guy would look. He's carrying himself the way that guy would carry himself. Like, just yeah. perfection. He tells them that they need to move to L.A. They move to L.A. Love. You know what it is? He probably, although he was around, but he probably was, he probably auditioned for Almost Famous and didn't get anything. And he's just like, mm -hmm. they're going to regret this. <laughs> I'm going to kill it so bad. <laughs> they're going to want to remake Almost Famous with me. Yes. Um, he did an incredible job. I no, I'm obsessed. I get more, I mean, more raw just because I'm obsessed with, with Tim Oliphant. Um, and so then Billy tells Camilla that she, that he's moving to LA. I don't love that Camilla jumps in the car with them. Yes. I actually hate it. I yeah, really don't yeah, like yeah, it yeah. Okay. Let's talk about it because you I feel start. the same way. Cause I feel like I've been doing all of the talking. So are you kidding me? No, <laughs> I like, I like to react also. Okay. I'm not a very proactive. I like to respond. Um, this is our relationship, basically. Okay. But it's perfect. That's why we work. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't no. like it. I didn't... Uh, I thought it took away from her character. I think it takes away from Billy. I mm -hmm. am... I am intrigued to see how they do it going forward because that changes a huge part of the book. Um in them living in LA at, at the beginning. It, but I just, uh, I didn't like it. I think it just, it took away from who Camilla is in the book and how she operates and how their relationship was supposed to go. Cause she's a very trusting person. And this is just, right. I mean, it's not necessarily that she isn't trusting, but it's just, I guess it shows like, Oh, they're more in love. She's willing to like, throw her not throw her life away but that's but not who camilla is camilla is somebody who exactly. brings people to her she doesn't go after other people and a lot and at the beginning too a lot of it is like everybody else was like sucking and fucking and billy wasn't because he was so in love with camilla and so that's the thing too right. it's like okay so but if she's there then you're not seeing like how important that loyalty was to billy when it would have been easy for him to do something else yeah but if mm -hmm. she's there then it's like oh well that's why because your girlfriend's there obviously you're not going to do anything and i just i didn't like it and i felt like it undercut her a little bit yes so it undercut her 
It was just another cliche thing where it's like, oh, yep, I'm going to move across the country for you. My boyfriend's in a band and I'm going to move to California with him. Yeah. Just felt tired. It's like you said, it felt like it's been done before. and It's not an interesting Mm -hmm. take. The take in the book is so much more interesting and complex. And this just isn't. Yeah. Billy's saying falling in love with somebody is not only by meeting the right person but meeting them at the right time dagger to my heart because yeah because he's clearly talking about other things other people other things. no spoilers i'm not <laughs> i stopped myself did you see um, my face <laughs> don't you dare i won't i won't um oh shit and then love. yeah Daisy, we see Daisy sings. I love how wait, they have wait, 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 like, wait, 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 wait. I do have another thing. Did you catch what she says? What Camilla says to her mom? Oh, oh yeah. Say like it, you don't run away from family, and Camilla says you did. Yeah. Where? I mean, am I? Because well, I think Camilla's mom is not from Pittsburgh. And so I think it's the idea is that she, her mother moved from her home to Got be it. with her husband. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was something way more intriguing. Like her mom <laughs> abandoned them as a family and then came back. Oh. Yeah, no, you're probably right. <laughs> I thought it was like so, I thought it was something dark. No, you went so dark. I was like, oh, it's about following your dreams. <laughs> yeah. No, never mind. You're right. <laughs> um. Okay. Scratch that. Yeah. I love for basically from the stumbled stumble on sublime scene after that, anytime like a song is playing in the background, it's stumble on sublime. And it's yeah. the way that like a random song can hit at a certain time. And then it just becomes the soundtrack to that time just because it's playing everywhere. Yeah. So she hears it at a gas station and then they're back at the Clark street diner. She's on a date with a screenwriter. She does the up and down talk, which yep. I fucking love. Love. And I've done a few up and downs in my life as well. Oh. Um, Wild woman. Or more like I'm hungover and I need coffee and I need, like, you never had that? Like, after you're hungover, you have coffee and you have mimosas or champagne. Oh, yeah. And then you also have Diet Coke and then you also have water. The I definitely quartet. have. There's multiple photos of me double fist in a coffee mug and a glass of champagne, mimosa. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, and I used to work at a bar, and I would be, so, I would basically come from the bar, party all night at an illegal bar, and then come into the bar where I worked, smelling rancid. I'm sure <laughs> to work brunch, and I remember I would just have the bartender fill up my like thing with uh cider because it would look like ginger ale mm. kind of oh i don't think anyone was fooled i would drink it out of a straw pretending it was ginger ale <laughs> anyway genius i've i've gotten better i've gotten better guys don't worry about me <laughs> so a, a change that happens that i i like but she so the screenwriter's like i'm gonna use that in a movie one day which i hate when people do that too like when you tell them a you don't like story, it when i do that to you i give it away like sometimes i'll be like oh you can use that if you want but like when people are just like oh yeah i could use that sometime or like the way that you will tell something to a man 
and he'll turn around and tell that to a woman he wants to get with Mm. or like it happens like when I was in I remember when I was in college I read 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez it's still one of my favorite books like changed me loved it I was obsessed so then I told my friend Seth he knows who he is um about the book and I was like oh my god I love it so much and it's so beautiful and the magical realism and the sense of place and da 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 so talked about it like loved this book love this book he's like oh can I borrow it and I was like yeah totally so give it to him he was in love with this girl had such a crush on her went to her said my speech about 100 years of solitude and then gave her the book <gasps> she left it on a bus oh I've not forgiven him. Did he, had he read it before he gave it no. to her? So he hadn't no, even read it. He just used it. my words. He literally didn't read it and then gave it to her using your words. Wow. Yeah. That's gross. See, that makes me hate men. <laughs> I know. But the way that they'll turn, they'll, they'll take those experiences from yep. you. It just drives me crazy. Uh, trust no one. <laughs> so so Daisy instead of having her in the future in the 90s when they're doing the interviews later mm-hmm. say I'm not the muse I'm the somebody you have her yell it at this guy in a parking lot I like it I like it her too. statement of who, who she is yeah yeah I like that she said it in a scene and not necessarily to the documentarian um yeah at, on first watch, I wanted it. I wanted it with like a little more rage and anger, because it's a little sad when she says it. But then she, like, steps up and pushes him and shoves him and walks away. And I was like, okay, I like it. It also yeah. is just more vulnerable. It was like really beautiful. Um, I think in my mind when I read it in the book, I I read it with a vengeance. Like, <laughs> she's got some fire behind it, and this was yeah just. It was more uh, emotional, which but I love. But I, I think there's those moments in anger, or when you're just exhausted, yes. and at this point, like she's coming off of like somebody stealing her lyrics, to this guy saying, "I'm going to steal the up and down." And I think sometimes in those moments of anger, you can be angry, and you can surprise yourself by what you say and what you're angry about. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like to me. Like she was saying those words, and she was like said the words and was like, oh, actually, those words are true. Oh, actually, now I have to live up to what I've just said. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. Yeah. I agree. Um, so then she goes to a dusty little place and she sings. <sighs> Chills moment number two. I just cannot yeah. get over her voice. It is beautiful. And mm. the, when she sang the line, I can do this with, no- I can do this with nobody else. I just, it shot me through the heart. I just, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Like there's no other word for it. Yeah. She's a gorgeous singer. She gives me like Bonnie Raitt kind of Mm -hmm. vibes. Like it's really, she's, she's so talented, which is hilarious. Like, uh, yes, I guess it's not like you can, your grandfather can do something and you can not be good at that (laughs) thing. So it's not like it was guaranteed, but also yeah, it, it feels like a callback to that kind of like bluesy, really soulful, like there's a lot in her voice Yeah, that I think is absolutely gorgeous. And it's crazy that she hadn't sung before this. That, I, yeah, I didn't, she's never released an album or done anything? No. 
I mean, now she can though. That's yeah. I think it's it's so interesting too that she has the almost the exact same voice quality that TJ describes in the book. Mm-hmm. It's like lower gravelly, but it's also really melodic and sweet. And it's it's just like to nail her characterisms and the mannerisms, but then also the vocal register is just it's so impressive. <laughs> I'm just I know, and Riley Keough having those like big blue eyes yeah. too, and I wonder. Listen. In case we haven't said it yet, Taylor Jenkins Reid, come on any moment. We will make ourselves available to you literally whenever, however you want us to show up for yeah. whatever amount of time. But I would love to ask her, like, did she have somebody in mind as she was writing it? Right. Because I would say I'd put money on Riley. I know. Like, if you're just thinking, who's the modern day Stevie Nicks? Even without but knowing. But would you think her before this? I would. I would kind of would even without her uh even without knowing that she sings just her mannerisms and the way that she I don't know just her vibe like her vibe seems very daisy yeah I do not know her in person but no sadly not yet also Riley Keough if you would have come on the podcast that would be amazing we're obsessed with you already you're amazing you're a talent for the ages we love you please Um, all of them on oh there's if you are in any way connected to the show or if you know somebody connected to the show we want them pull them to us we need to put little camila and get them to us yes we need to do the camila uh, way of working and manipulate them onto the show yeah then she stops saying it's I like she's crying. She's already knowing in her soul, like, this is what I'm supposed to be. And then you hear like the slightest smattering of applause where I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much the reaction you would get. Um, but there's like two people in the bar and there were two people clapping. So she had a she had the full house clapping for her. Yeah, exactly. Everybody that was there was applauding. She. Ha- and then it's just intercut of like the band arriving in L.A. and her leaving that bar and. And then we leave to I Feel the Earth Move by Carol King. What? Did you? I'm trying to. Uh, I didn't love. I liked the intercutting between Daisy walking out of the bar and Billy looking out the window. I didn't love in the middle of Daisy's song, they cut to Graham talking about Karen with Camilla in the van. Uh, yeah. It just felt like it took it out of the moment. I just wanted to stay with Daisy for the whole song. Mm hmm. I didn't love that. But then the end cross cutting, I really did like. Yeah. I love also how. Go ahead. Everybody smoking. Yeah. Is my favorite too. Because like you don't. When were you born? I'm not not saying that on air. The 90s. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I was born in 1990. I was born in Everybody. The way that everyone smoked. When I was little. Yeah. Which is obviously not in the 70s. I was born in the 80s. But like you can't imagine today how like the idea that people would there would be non-smokers was like insane. Everybody smoked. And so I love whenever I see a period and everybody's just ripping cigs because like, <laughs> guys, that's what it was. Yeah. People could not stop smoking. Your yeah. teacher smoked. 
Everyone at McDonald's smoked. Everything was a weird brownie haze, that yellow mustardy color with just a film over it. That was every that was it. That was everything. And it's so weird now that they're trying to do all these Hollywood things of like no smoking on screen. I'm like, if it takes place in the 70s or 80s, people be you're, ripping butts. Yeah, you're allowed to. You're. We, I was just talking yeah. about this uh, the other day. You're allowed to have period smoking. But yeah, it's like current times, present day. It, you can't show smoking anymore. But, but now pe- nobody smokes. Nobody smokes like people smoked back then. No. I, yeah. Yeah. Remember when they used to have like smoking or non-smoking on airplanes yes and like in restaurants and stuff my first job i had to ask people smoking or non when i worked at ruby tuesday in the mall yeah kids these days will never know the question smoking or non-smoking I had so many friends too. I was so mad because my parents didn't smoke. My friend's parents smoked and they used to collect like the Marlboro used to have like if you collected a certain amount of stamps from cigarettes, the the box, you cut it out and you could mail it in and get stuff. Oh. And so there was a Marlboro like like, um, starter coat you could get that I thought was the fucking coolest thing. And I was like, I understand like yelling at my parents like, I understand why you don't smoke. I can't get this jacket. Everyone has this jacket. (laughs) You just need to buy like 112 packs of cigarettes and I can get the jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody had it. Not everybody. Probably like five people in actuality. It felt like everyone had it. Yeah, you could tell the cool kids parent. The cool kids had the jacket because their parents were smokers. And you could tell whose parent was not a smoker. That's amazing. But just everything reeked of cigarettes. There was nothing you could do about it. Yeah, I really did. Anyway, I also like in the crowd scenes, whether it was like the hotel or there were fat people, because I feel like there's this weird idea that like fat people didn't exist in the 70s or like in these period pieces, you don't just see like fat people in the crowd. And you did in this show. And I loved that. It's a small thing. Uh, I didn't notice it, but I do like that. Diversity is important. Or just people were weird looking. People were so weird looking in the 70s. Half the people had fetal alcohol. I do like that not everybody is attractive. Yes. They like, here's the thing the casting department, they got the rec for this job and they got everybody into a room and they sat everyone down and they said, We're not going to fuck around in this job, all right, everybody? (laughs) Everybody, we are doing top class and we are all getting this fucking perfect or you can leave. (laughs) There's the door, bitch. And then. Maybe one or two people left. They were afraid because it was going to be a big ask. But everyone else stayed and they did the fucking job because the casting is so perfection of like, these are hot people because they're hot, because they're good at what they do or Mm -hmm. they're period hot. Because we talk about how everything gets really like, there's no ugly hot allowed anymore. Yes. And everything gets so weirdly like neutered and like the hot guys right now in society. I'm not going to say names. Yes. But say names. So, name like, names. Weirdly plastically perfect Ken dolls that it's like. Just name one. What? Just name one. Plastic. You're not going to like it. Uh, You're me? not going to like it. I'm not going to like yeah. it. Yeah. Who are you going to say? Chris Evans. <gasps> I'm not going to like I that. Know. I know you're not gonna like it, but it's true. He any okay, but the thing anyone is, in the Marvel universe. That's fair. I here's what I'll counter with Chris Evans. Have you seen him with a mustache and a buzz cut? He looks terrible. Horrible. More fuckable though, I bet. 
Why? Because he looks like a normal person? No. He looks so bad. <laughs> he looks so... There are moments where he looks truly awful. And I'm like, this crush is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I all well, I don't know, but it but I think they do such a good job on this show of like everybody looks like real people. I mean, honestly, except for Camila, who is so hot, stunning. Well, except for Camila, Sam, and Riley, Riley. But no, Riley is beautiful. Obviously, that's not really up for debate. But she does such a good job of capturing that daisiness of like how I imagine Daisy where it's not that she's like like she's stunningly gorgeous but not in like a model way but in like you can't stop looking at this person kind of way which is like what Riley has is Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's a good point um yeah all right I'm excited for episode two yeah, guys, just so you know, when we talk about an episode, we have not seen the next episode. Yeah. Because sometimes people, when we've done recaps like this in the past, will say, oh, but you didn't mention this thing that happens in two episodes. It's like, guys, because I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. We're, right. We've watched this episode and we're going to talk about this episode and then we're going to go watch the second episode. We'll talk about that episode. Yeah. But I think I think we got something here. I'm excited. There's moments I'm cautious about, but in general, I think it, this was really well done. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Things that I didn't love, things that I really disliked, but overall mm-hmm. I am positive and I'm excited for the season and I'm excited to see where it goes. And I just, I'm very, very bullish on the music. Mm-hmm. Really like it. And So far, Yeah. Have you listened to the album at all? I think it's No, I don't Spotify. want to. I know, me neither. I don't want to either. I want to be introduced to the songs as I'm introduced to the songs yeah. on, in the show. But this makes me excited to listen to the album mm-hmm. when it's all out. Yeah, we'll do a little review. Yeah. We'll do our own ranking of best fictional bands. Ugh, don't do this to me again. <laughs> I'm still I'm gonna get, so mad at myself. I mean, I could do it right now, but like, I'll let you have time to think because you fumbled the bag so hard last time. I'm I'm still so mad at myself. I don't even. I. <sighs> All right. All right, guys. So we will be coming to you soon with the episode two. Oh, this episode, I forgot to even say it's called. Come and get it. Episode one, come and get it, is the name of the episode. Good title. Track one. Track one. So we will be reviewing track two. So we'll have these episodes. I'm going to have them go up every Monday for our regular stream. If you are a member of the Patreon, whenever we have an episode ready to go, it's getting thrown on the Patreon. So if you can't wait to hear the next episode, it might be there check it out um but otherwise every monday will be one episode of the show so we're going to end up going past when the episode uh when it goes on amazon and actually ends we'll still be recording this um but we will only know what we've watched up until that moment so please just don't text us any spoilers guys oh if my you gosh. don't if we haven't talked about it and the episode isn't out yet assume we haven't seen it because we haven't we don't want to get spoiled because we haven't 
in your mind. We haven't seen it until we come into your ears. Um, but thanks so much for joining us on this little journey, guys. Uh, if you have any thoughts that you want to share with us, you can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes. We are on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Like I said, we have the Patreon, which is uh, if you just search Learning the Tropes at patreon.com. And then finally, we have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop, which you can join. And we'll see you there. Are we not doing swimming? Right, Taylor. Oh, what has you swimming this week? Honestly, talking about unconventionally attractive men, I'm Uh in, I'm swooning along with literally the entire world with all these Pedro Pascal memes. Yeah. (laughs) Dying. I am absolutely (laughs) dying over them. They have me swooning. Also, here in general. Have you seen... Um, the Nick Cage movie with him, the unbearable weight of no, massive but that's talent. where the fantastic meme is from, and just from that <gasps> meme, I want to watch. The I'll swoon about that movie. That movie is the most fun. Okay, it's such a good time. You've, you've got to watch it. You've seen those memes, right? Yeah, with I... Mama Cass. What? She's the woman singing in the meme. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. I just it's so it's so funny I just like I can't get over it I haven't seen the movie and most of the time I don't even care about the caption of the meme but just like Nick Cage turning and Pedro Pascal's face I die I die it makes me want to watch the movie and now with your recommendation I'm gonna watch it 100% recommend okay good we'll recommend I think that'll be my swoon because I can't think of what else I'm swooning about this week but yeah well, and the and the Tom and Raquel news, guys, we're really Ugh. just really put us in what has happened. We're also both big pump heads. If you do <laughs> want to message us to talk about pump, do yes. If you have pump, any inside gossip on the current scandal, message us immediately. Immediately, immediately. You can find Taylor at tholt eighteen on Instagram. So just go ahead and shoot her a DM. Please do. If, yeah, any all the tea. Thoughts. Give me all the tea. Mm-hmm. the dms are open <laughs> the dms are open for tea non-stop but this is all we care about this is the big thing it's daisy jones and no spoilers daisy jones tea. no spoilers or vandy yeah tea. vandy all the spoilers hashtag tea mariana i mean do we even need to say it no but obviously that's where we that's where our loyalties lie obviously um all right guys so we will see you next time and until then happy watching Thank you.